You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby. Thank you for making us your first listen every single day. And I've got a fun one for you on this Monday. Uh, I sat down with our friend Jeff Carr of Locked On Reds, and we talked international free agency signings. That's what everybody's into right now. And we talked about uh, the 10 players that they got highlighted by number three overall prospect, shortstop Ricardo Cabrera. But... We also had a good conversation towards the end that's applicable to anybody, not just Reds fans, that talks about international free agency strategy and and the different ways with which teams approach international free agency and what I thought was unique about the way the Reds do it. So great conversation. Check it out. It's all about international free agency and more on this Locked on MLB Prospects. Already for today's Locked On Reds, we have Lindsey Crosby from Locked On MLB Prospects, newly minted actually. He's just gotten going on the podcast. It's been really awesome. He actually had a good episode the other day, getting the chance to kind of outline what goes on with the international signing period. And since the Reds made a pretty big splash signing a couple of guys, one really notable one, I wanted to have him on. And I wanted to talk about exactly what the Reds got and he's got an interesting take as to the Reds' strategy for international signings. We're going to talk about all of that here coming up. But firstly, it's awesome to have you on the podcast, Lindsay. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited, Jeff. Yeah, it's it, it's been fun because, I'll be honest, there weren't supposed to be a whole lot going on for the Reds this offseason anyway. So the international signing period was something that folks had earmarked. There were lots of different rumors about who the Reds could be in on and, and some guys who have really big words attached to them, like five tool player and things like that. But we are talking about 16, 17, 18 year old kids who still have a lot of growing to do with that being said though, they got a pretty impressive dude. Yeah. So uh, the number three overall prospect consensus across everybody shortstop Ricardo Cabrera, uh, 6'1", 184. And he's the guy you're talking about. That's seen as the five tool player. I've, I've seen that and I've seen complete player thrown out, but uh, for him, he really came to attention a few years ago when they were doing the different showcases for the different guys in the different signing classes. He was out there competing against guys in the 2020 signing class and the 2019 signing class and holding his own. So that's what got the Reds attention. Uh, he, so, so offensively, let's do that first. Cause you know, homers is what get, people going he's got a a really quick and kind of direct swing uh he can hit the ball for power to all fields i mean he sprays line drives from foul pole to foul pole uh he can hit all the gaps he's starting to convert those line drives into home runs that started to develop but you have to remember you're talking about a 16 year old kid i mean he's 6'1 184 he's gonna have more time to develop into that i think the potential's there for plus power uh, just give him a little bit of time in a, you know, in a professional weight room with nutrition and development. He'll definitely get there. And then defensively, if you need him at shortstop, he can stick at shortstop. I feel like he'd be a really good third baseman. He's got just pure athleticism. 
Uh, he has really soft hands and, and a plus speed with a strong arm. He can make all the plays you need at short, but I think he'd, he would be above average to a plus defender at third if that's where he ends up going as he finishes developing. Because again, 16-year-old kid you're talking about, it's going to take a little while for him to fill into his body and then get to the minor leagues. And I think it's important to note too, a lot of people think, well, shortstop, third base, feels like they kind of got that covered for the future probably like at least five, six years before you even see this guy. Yeah. The way it usually works with an international free agent is you'll sign them the first signing period. Um, and then after that, they probably won't actually come to the States to play full-time for another year. So he'll stay in Latin America at the Academy. He'll compete with one of the Dominican summer league teams. He'll probably com compete in fall ball. And then maybe next spring, he may come up for rookie ball, you know, next summer after the draft, come up for rookie ball and then start in the minors full time two years from now. So when you're looking at an international free agent, yes, you usually end up saving a little bit of money versus a comparable guy from the MLB draft, but it takes a little bit longer because they need to get to 18 before they really start playing full time in your system. And it's cool to see, I mean, the athleticism, the profile that people are talking about, obviously these top guys, we at least have a better scouting report of, and everything that they're saying about this dude just sounds awesome. So I'm looking forward to seeing his growth as he moves through the red system. They also did their, uh, their, their number two rated guy in this class for the reds is another shortstop. And there are some that believe that he probably would even stick at shortstop. Am I right? Yeah. So Antoine Valencia, he's depending on who you ask, there's different, International free agency works a little bit differently from, say, scouting for the MLB draft. Oftentimes, these deals have been in agreement in principle for two years. And oftentimes in Latin America, when, when you have an agreement with a team to play for them, other teams pretty much stop scouting you. And there's a few guys, the top guys, Ricardo Cabrera, obviously everybody's still interested. He's consensus is one of the top players. But like Valencia, he's... 45th from Baseball America, but he's 32nd from MLB Pipeline. And that's one of those things where there's just a lack of information compared to a comparable prep player or a college player here in the States. Uh, but yeah, his, he's 5'10", 165. His nickname is El Capitan, uh, which I love. And I'm here for that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, I think he's underrated. You see that 45 ranking. I think he's underrated because he wasn't in one of the big prominent programs and he pretty much stayed in country during a lot of the scouting process. These guys will go from country to country, go to the different showcases, go to visit the different academies and, you know, do drills and practices and scrimmages. And he didn't do a lot of that. I think his ratings deflated because of that. And the Reds actually got a pretty good deal. He he's that rare player that it feels like mentally is prepared to face tough competition. You know, he has a great makeup. It's, it's not just um, how he performs in, you know, in the moment, but just he's a natural leader. He has that presence about him. And I think that's why he has the nickname of the captain. Uh, uh, you know, offensively, he, he used to switch hit. Now he's exclusively a right-handed hitter. Uh, he, he's got a little bit of sneaky pop and power for his size, but, you know, and, and, and he'll make hard contact, but he's not going to be mistaken for, you know, a 30 home run power threat kind of guy. But defensively, he is as good as advertised. Like you said, he's going to stick it short. Uh, he 
high energy. He can make all of the routine plays and the flashy ones. He has a really smooth glove. He has a good arm and he'll probably stick at shortstop unless you ask him to move to second to, to fill a deficiency in the system or to fill in for an injury or something like that. He, he has the natural tools to stay at short. There's a specific guy I'm thinking of that I'm hoping he's still here in five or six years playing second base, but that's kicking the can down the road. Hey friends, it's the new year and new year means new year's resolutions. And if yours is getting fit or eating healthier, then check out Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and it's better for you than a candy bar. All Built Bars are covered with 100% real chocolate. Most of them contain 130 calories and 17 grams of protein. So go to built.com, check out all of the flavors, coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie. Check out the limited time flavors they have. They come and go. They had a rocky road out there just recently. So, and then while you're at built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. There's one other guy in these top three that he he strikes us for the reason that we say big power. He's got a lot of power, and that is S. Smith Pineda. It was nice seeing that and, and kind of the mixture of the three. Obviously, you have the all-around talent reportedly for Ricardo Cabrera. You have the they they kind of called him a glove first, but like you said, he's probably underrated with his other tools in Antoine Valencia. And now you've got a big power bat, S. Smith Pineda. Kind of makes me think of a number of different guys like Adam Dunn, maybe like a Willie Mo Pena, something like that. Is that is, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself though? I mean, we're we are projecting onto a a 16 or 17 year old, but yes, I mean he's a, a 5'10", 183, um, big corner outfielder. Uh, he's definitely offense first. He actually anchored the Panama Little League World Series team. Fun fact: if you watch the Little League World Series, you'll see some of these guys pop up from time to time. Um, he's a very aggressive hitter and that's good. And that's bad. He's got above average power. That's kind of where it projects to be. But since he's so aggressive, he does have a greater than normal number of swings and misses. So when you put that all together, it comes out to about an average hitter, but it's a guy that he's either going, he's definitely a three true outcomes kind of guy is what it feels like again, projecting onto a 16, 17 year old defensively. He's got a, he's got a strong, accurate arm and decent enough speed. I could see him doing, you know, playing a pretty good right field. He reminds me of a guy when you look at his, his speed and his defense, he reminds me of a guy like a Nick Markakis. Nobody is really scared of Nick Markakis, but then when you hit the ball to right, he gets to it and he gets it in in a hurry. So uh, he's somebody who profiles to be and definitely an offensive first, but an all-around contributor in a corner outfield spot. I'm hoping to see the development of these guys, and, and and that's really just the top three. There's plenty more in this class, and I, I'm sure that I mean, kind of like we said, as you go down the list, there's less and less available on each one of these dudes. Like there's there's a couple of guys I remember reading an article from our our friend Doug Gray at RedSpinerLeagues.com where some of the guys are listed as hey we're waiting on the scouting report I all I can tell you is how old he is and how tall he is something like that um, and, and there's plenty of guys like that but there's plenty of guys to be excited about too in that kind of seven to ten range and a couple of them are pitchers who was the one that really stuck out to you the most 
Okay, so, so there's actually three that stuck out to me as far as the pitchers, but the first one was um, Ben Walmsley from Australia. Uh, he is a, a, well, one, we just don't see very many Australians. Okay, I think mm-hmm. there's been 33 native-born Australians have actually made MLB, uh, but he's one, he, prep pitcher, can hit 91, um, has a good curveball, good secondary offerings, and he has good upside. But the, the thing that I like here is because professional baseball isn't at the level that it is here in the States. He has a lot less mileage than you see from a lot of international signees as far as how much, how much he's had to do, how much throwing he's done, how much abuse his arm has taken. So I believe Trey Hendricks, the director of international scouting for the Reds, actually called it a low mileage arm just simply because him compared to an equivalent guy that they would get from a Venezuela, from a Panama or Colombia, just has a lot less mileage on his arm. And so you would think, more time to develop, but also he has, you know, less wear and tear as of now. Does he have a submarine delivery? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I watched a little bit of video on him. Um, I think he might be a little bit of a, maybe not all the way below 90 degrees, but he's dropped down a bit, which makes me think of Peter Moylan immediately, just because I love Peter Moylan. Um, but, but no, he, he's, he's low mileage and, the motion definitely works. It's something that's, it's smooth. It's repeatable. And like, like we said, he hasn't had to do a lot with it as of now, just going through the prep ranks in Australia. So, so I feel good about his long-term future from an injury standpoint. That's, that's okay. That was, that was a bad joke on me. Submarine delivery. <laughs> He's from down under. You know, oh, I mean, <laughs> but Ooh. Hey, Hey, the guy from down under has huge upside. I like that. Um, <laughs> there's, okay, before we have any more bad jokes about that, um, there's another guy, and this dude, he's got an interesting name, but his fastball is touching pretty high on the radar gun, at least for a 17-year. I know when I was 17, I wasn't throwing near this fast. Oh, yeah, mine wasn't in here. So I'm going to try this the best I can. Lisnerkin Lantiga. I won't take that. That sounds good. Thanks. There you go. Uh, just say it with confidence. No, he's so he's a converted outfielder. He he he's been pitching now for about two years. He hits 91 on the gun already. He has a, a three-pitch mix. We don't know a ton about him other than the fact that he's athletic enough where he was playing in the outfield and they said, Hey, your arm's really good. You should come pitch. So he switched to that full time. I don't know if that's an indictment on how well he can hit or how hard he can throw. But either way, seeing a youth player convert like that makes you feel, okay, he's got a decent level of athleticism because they used him in the field. And then now kind of to see, one, how hard he can throw, and two, just to enjoy hearing some people say that name. That's going to be fun yeah. to track him through the system as all the different minor league announcers try to figure out how to say Lisnerkin Lantiga. That really rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? I mean, Lisnerkin Lantigua, you know. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm singing the one song. Um, never mind. I'm not going to say that idea. All right. <laughs> the the third pitcher on the list that really got, see, I'm, I'm getting myself in trouble with getting punchy bad here. jokes. I'm just, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Let's, uh, let, let's talk about him. Cause um, yeah, should, should talk about him. <laughs> yeah. So, so Nelfrey Payano, also a right-hander, all three of these pitchers have been right-handed, but he, he's another player that converted um, from, from a position to pitching. He actually was a shortstop. So again, you think has pretty good athleticism. He's only been pitching for about a year and yet he's hitting 93 on the gun. Same thing has a three pitch mix. He's working on 
but another guy that you have to feel defensively is going to be pretty good, athletically has to be pretty good, and obviously has a great arm if he's been pitching for a year and he can already hit 93. I pitched for a lot longer than a year and never hit 93. So <laughs> that has to make you feel good about his his just his overall athleticism and what he's going to be able to do as he develops into that body. That's it's always good to add depth of talent to your pitching. That's something that I feel like the Reds have done pretty well in these recent years. They've had some guys really creep up so far as their development. I mean, obviously Graham Ashcraft is the first guy that comes to mind. He just mm -hmm. got an invite to spring training. So that was cool to see. Um, but guys like that. So I'm interested to see how these guys develop once they get into the system. Yeah. And, and kind of same caveat here with the other guys you have to keep in mind, you're probably not going to see them in the States. Usually my, my target for a guy who signed an international free agency, especially his last two years where they sign in January uh, is the goal is going to be probably to get them into rookie ball by the summer of the second year that they're with your team. So you look at them, they'll stay, in Latin America at the Academy all year this year. And the hope is that you can get them into rookie ball next year, along with your draftees after the draft. Hey, Bet Online wants to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march through the NFL playoffs. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. So use promo code locked on to receive your 50% welcome bonus, whether it's football, Basketball, hockey, boxing, or UFC. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022 because Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. Promo code is locked on to receive your 50% welcome bonus. Bet Online is where the game starts. And that was something that you had mentioned and, and something that really intrigued me because I mean, I, I could not tell you exactly how I viewed the Reds international signing strategy. I know that with guys like Vladimir Gutierrez really coming up and making a huge impact this past year. And hopefully we're talking about the dude who's going to be manning the shortstop position for some time to come. We hope in Jose Barrero, we're starting to see the fruits of that labor. And you said that their strategy is a little bit different from some folks, but it's paying off. Yeah. So there's, there's a couple different worlds of thought when it comes to international free agency. And I'm going to contrast you guys with like, say the Brewers. So the Brewers signed 33 players, international free agency, the, the Reds signed 10 and Trey Hendricks, again, your director of international scouting has been very deliberate about, he said, we're not necessarily going to go for quantity. Uh, we are more focused on, we'd rather get less guys, but get higher quality guys. So the, the, the bonus pool is capped, but obviously if you're taking less guys, that's more money per guy, you're able to go out and get the number three overall prospect. And then you capped out with 10 overall players. And Cincinnati doesn't have as many lower level minors and rookie ball spots as a lot of other clubs do. So a lot of baseball clubs, not everybody, but a lot of clubs will have uh, two, you know, two, a league teams, a low A and a high A. Uh, a lot of clubs will possibly, you know, and or have two Dominican league teams. So you have plenty of spots to fill guys in. Cincinnati only has one Dominican team and one um, like Arizona, you know, spring training league team. And so there's less spots. And as a result, that means you can spend a little bit more money per player to get on average better players versus doing the, the, Milwaukee and not signing anybody of critical acclaim, but just signing 33 guys 
to kind of put them into your system and, and see what comes up out of that. So I, it feels a lot more deliberate to me. And when you look at some of what Cincinnati system has now in the time that Hendricks has been there, and you've mentioned some of these guys, you see Jose Barrero should be your starting shortstop on opening day. Uh, Vladimir Gutierrez have a spot in the rotation. You see Ellie De La Cruz came out of nowhere and should probably in three years is probably going to be your starting third baseman if what we have seen over the last 12 months of him is correct. Um, Alan Serta might debut in the next two years. And it's, it's guys that Cincinnati strategically targeted and scouted and said, we want that player and we'll pay extra for him versus so let's just go sign as many players as we can, like the Brewers did. Yeah, it's kind of my strategy with playing darts is just throw as many as possible, even though they only give you three. <laughs> but, you know, I just try and throw them and see where I hit. Yeah. Um, but no, he said something interesting with Jose Barrera. Randomly, this has been a huge hot-button topic all over the red social media sphere about Jose Barrera or Kyle Farmer at shortstop in 2022. Uh, I'm going to stop everybody that. It's, it's Jose Barrero. All right. Like it's time for him to sink or swim. It's time for him to take over. Kyle Farmer moves back into the super utility role. And I really believe Jose Barrero is going to swim. So yeah, we're going to get a flood of comments on that one, but when Correct I look me if at, I'm wrong, sorry, sorry to cut you yeah, off. No. Kyle, Kyle Farmer is 31 and has <laughs> only been the full-time starter one season of his entire career. Yeah. It's Barrero. Like it's not even a conversation. Yeah. No, it's, it, it's absolutely Barrero. Yeah. And, and the thing of it is, like, people look at what he did this last year and they think that, oh, he's only going to get better from there. That is the best that Kyle Farmer has ever done. Yeah. I, I don't know how you can say that his ceiling is higher than that. I think that's kind of who he is. And I'm not saying that to belittle what he has done. I think that he is an important part of this franchise this year. He's going to be a dude that really helps them on the depth side of things. And they are a shallow roster. So he is going to help that. But he is not, he should not be counted on as a everyday player hitting you know sixth fifth in the lineup he had an amazing july i i I get it you take away july that last year that wasn't that good and one of the skills that people seem to underrate in baseball as a whole and i've especially with fans is versatility defensive versatility and so when you take a guy like a Kyle Farmer like a Kike Hernandez you know who could play multiple positions and you play them at one spot all season because they can do it you lose out on some of the additional value that player brings and so like I absolutely agree Barrero should be the starter and then Kyle Farmer can play three four different positions whatever is needed that day if he's you know you can it is entirely possible in 2022 to take a super utility guy and play them five days a week at four different positions and get them 500 at-bats in a season. I mean, if they're valuable, they will be able to contribute to the team that way. And that if someone gets hurt, that's where their versatility comes in because you haven't already locked them into a spot somewhere else. I totally agree. And, and I, I think that's going to be an interesting development as we get closer to whenever the season's going to start. But I think that Jose Barrero should be that everyday shortstop. And, and that just kind of keys on the strategy that the Reds have had, and you used a word that I love whenever we were talking about this subject, the money ball of the international side. You, you, t- you talk about that. I mean, number one, you give me think about Barry Pitt. You think about uh, Chris Pratt <laughs> to, I mean, Chris Pratt's like my favorite dude ever. So yeah. Tell me more about how the Reds are taking advantage of it. 
Okay, so when it comes to international free agency, uh, the big the big places where everybody goes to get their players is the Dominican Republic and Venezuela. Those are the big countries. Most of the teams have their academies in the, in the Dominican so that all the players can come there and play. And that's where the summer leagues are and the winter leagues are and things like that. Uh, Cincinnati has kind of focused on some of the untapped markets that aren't as heavily looked at. So this class has, check out my notes. So this class has, I believe, two players from Panama. This class has two or three players from Colombia. We already mentioned a player from Australia and only 33 native Aussie players have ever made MLB. There's not a lot of scouts looking at Australia. Cincinnati has two scouts full-time in Australia, which I did a little bit of checking today. I believe that's either the most of any team or that's tied for the most of any team. There's a lot of talent to mine in some of these lesser uh, looked at areas, but especially over the last two years, a lot of people just haven't been to the Panama, to the Columbia's, to the Australia's and looking for some of this talent. We see the Cardinals doing this with Korea. The Cardinals signed uh, a, a international free agent out of Korea. He's the first Korean player to enter the international draft. And it was, I'm sorry, to, to, to enter international free agency. And that was something where they specifically went out scouting, looking for players at places that weren't being looked at by everyone else. So just Cincinnati's doing a great job of, of finding that inefficiency in the market of everybody's in the Dominican, everybody's in Venezuela. Let's go look other places. And since we have more money to spend, if we find a prospect, we can probably outbid other teams for them. And I, I know that one of the scouts that you mentioned is a, a name that Reds fans will remember dearly for some random reason. I mean, you look at his career statistics, there's no reason to remember this guy, but those who watched the team very closely in 2013 and 2014 will remember Donald Lutz. He is, um, he had a bunch of random nicknames. I don't think they ever stuck. I, I liked the Bratz bomber, but you know, I mean, when you're from Germany, you're going to get that kind of stuff. So he, he was a great dude to have on the team and to see that he's still affiliated with the Reds is, is pretty cool. Yeah. He, from what I, from what I was reading, he's actually the one that, that found Ben Walmsley and actually got him to, to sign. So being newer to, to scouting Australia, he's already made an impact. He's already co contributed there, but between two scouts, and an international cross-checker that does include Australia. You guys have made a focus on Australia, and I would not be surprised to see even more players in the next draft, I'm sorry, in the next free agency period coming out of Australia and joining Cincinnati's system. He is Lindsey Crosby. He is the host of Locked On MLB Prospects. Lindsey, where can people follow you on Twitter for all your great stuff when it comes to the minor leagues? I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Farm. And check out Locked On MLB Prospects wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Um.